0: Hi, my name is Joe Jackson, and before I share with you my delightful memory of the night in 1996 when Jerry Lee Lewis threatened to have me killed, let me fill you in on some background facts about myself, not just as a fan of Jerry Lee, but also 50s rock and roll. As I say in my Memories of an Elvis Fan podcast, I was, on my 10th birthday, fittingly enough, practically reborn when my dad gave me an old Elvis single called I Need Your Love Tonight. I realised in an instant, this must be what they call real rock and roll. If so, I love it. It's the best music I ever heard in my life. Fast forward two years almost to the day and I bought the first issue of a British magazine called Rave. And on page eight, I read This thrilling news. The greatest rock records of the 50s are being re-released in album form. Four LPs are being put together to form a must for every record collector, including several hits by Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis and Bobby Darin. That was the first mention I ever heard of Jerry Lee. Now fast forward four years and Paddy Devereaux, an older guy living on our housing estate Eden Villas, loaned me volume one of that series, Memories Are Made Of Hits. Track three, the sad one was Whole lot of Shaking Going On. I loved it. And other Lewis Sun cuts, such as High School Confidential, Breathless, and Loving It Was Storm, which I heard on later LPs in that series. Soon afterwards, I bought the LP Roy Orbison Sings, which was in effect an album of Sun recordings, and it had more great Sun tracks by Jerry Lee, such as Lewis Boogie, and I'll make it all up to you. The latter introduced me to Lewis singing Country, which I also loved. Five years later... When I was a student working in New York, I saw in a 69 cent store Lewis's country albums, Who's Gonna Play This Old Piano? and There Must Be More to Love Than This, and the rock album, The Session, recorded in London, and I bought them all. And I love them all. Now, fast forward a decade, interviewing Leonard Cohen made me feel transcendent, and I decided to become an interviewer to track down more of my heroes to talk with. This brings us back to 1996. Jerry Lee's most recent LP at the time was called Young Blood. And its first track was a Hank Williams tune, I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive. I suggested, as a kickoff question, that must bring him back to his roots. And I thought that was an easy start to an interview. But boy, did I get the wrong number. Lewis asked me then if I liked the recording. I said, yeah. He said, then you got no music taste, boy. And you know about as much about music as my manager here does. That was me trying to get over the word fucking. Soon that manager was trying to calm down Jerry Lee, who roared at me, Are you taping me, boy? I'm going to smash that damn machine. And then he tried to snatch off my lap my Sony cassette recorder. The manager shouted, He's a journalist, Jerry Lee. He's interviewing you for a music magazine. Fun, hey? whole lot of shaking going on indeed. Needless to say, Lewis was not entirely sober. In fact, a bottle of Irish whiskey seemed to be almost surgically attached to his mouth, although he did yell out at one point, Someone get me real bourbon. This is piss. So without further ado, folks... After this long dooby dooby doo intro, this is Jerry Lee Lewis. This kid here, he's a writer. And he, he writes with one of these magazines, you know. And they think they know it all. And they try to get to the bottom of things. He's sitting here talking to Jerry Lee Lewis. I've been in this business 40 years. You ain't been in this business what, 10 years? 15. Well, he ain't even started. But the thing about it, don't even know what to write about me, do you? So, I've listened to you. Rick, you're going to write something that. that you think you know, don't you? No, I'm going to report what you tell me, that's all. No, you're going to write what you think that's right. I mostly just do interviews where I present what people say to me. I'm not a reporter. Uh-huh. I, I'm a music lover who went into music journalism. And all I, all I write about you is what, what we're talking about. I'll put it this way. Write it the way you say it. Okay. Like you sing it. I don't like it. You did? I write what I find. I actually That's your I, I, problem, not mine. I actually like your work. You know, this is not a gig. If you don't give me a good write-up, you did dead, dead me. Okay. So how did that? As I said, delightful encounter with Jerry Lewis make me feel. Actually, I remember as I walked home to my nearby apartment thinking for the first time, maybe whoever said we should never meet our heroes got it right. But I soon snapped out of that negative thought pattern because I remembered glorious meetings with the likes of Dory Previn, who became a friend, Sam Phillips, founder of Sun Records, who invited me to his home in Memphis, and Dion DeMucci, who said after our interview, I wish we'd more time to talk. And, rather than leave you feeling as low as I did after meeting Jerry Lee Lewis, let me add to the story a funny coda. I did publish a blow-by-blow account of my half-hour meeting with Lewis. John Prine read the article, and he sent me a postcard on which, beside my name and address, he wrote these words. If he hasn't been killed by the killer. The latter tellingly is what Jerry Lee Lewis likes to be called. I thank you for listening. And if you want to read the article I wrote based on this wonderful exchange with Jerry Lee Lewis, check com.